This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite Double Tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, with you once again. Uh, we've got Mark Afalalalalo. Sean Brice as well. Hello! How are you? Oh, well, I'm gorgeous today. I am. Of course. Well, not really, in fairness. I've got the cold and feeling pretty rubbish and, you know, oh. rather be in my bed. But, you know, I'm here. I'm here. I just, I thought, you know what? Those guys would just moan if I don't turn up. So, you know. You're absolutely right. We would have. You would moan even if I do turn up. I think it's <laughs> to say as well. Uh, how you doing, Mark? Good week? Uh, yeah. No, no complaints. You guys? Um... Well, I did my complaining, Sean. <laughs> I've got my internet back in the shed. So I had the builders in to put the ethernet cable Again? back into my shed. <sighs> yes. Now, they didn't know how to wire up the plug or the socket for either end of the uh, ethernet cable. So they went on YouTube and <sighs> found out how to wire it up. YouTube is possibly, you know, the, the, the most, it's like an encyclopedia now. It's it really where is. everyone goes to to learn something. Yeah, but no, when you're paying them, I mean, you expect... Clearly it worked. <laughs> yeah, well, it worked, but, you know, you're paying these people money. No, no, hang on. I got, I've got a handyman that comes by, and there's things I ask him to do. He's like, well, I don't really know how to do that, but I can I can figure it out. And for the most part, I'm okay with it. Are you no, standing I don't by mind this? that. Wow. No, no, I, I don't mind it. The thing is, I said, I need the network cable put back into my shed. Oh, I can do that, was the response. <laughs> and then when they actually get here, it's, oh, I'll look it up on YouTube. And what they actually did was the cable in here, they cut my Ethernet cable that I already had. They cut that in half. And because they couldn't wire up the actual plug, they just wired the, the wires together. They twisted the wires from the end of the new network cable into the cut half of my existing Ethernet cable. Oh, well done. Well, that is an and just, absolute And class. just put parcel tape. Um, parcel tape all around it. Not even insulation tape. Oh, God. Just parcel tape. So <laughs> it's a professional well. job, and I'm sure it'll carry on working for years to come. Yeah, until winter. <laughs> yeah. And then the seasons have changed, which is good. That's a good thing. I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm good for summer. Is, a fox is going to come along and rip it all out for you. Well, I am in the country, as you know. You know, this is a garden shed. You expect that. There's hedgehog problems here. <laughs> Guys, I've got exciting, exciting things to talk about today. Oh, thank Ooh. goodness. I'm glad you do. Um, yeah, well done. You know, about two years ago, prior to this pandemic, literally uh, on the on the onset of the pandemic, uh, we were all planning a, a little trip, um, a little trip, this little double tap enterprise of ours, um, to do a couple town hall shows live in front of a live studio audience. So we were going to record a couple shows in front of a live studio audience. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. You may have realized in the past couple of years, we've done it a couple town halls, but they have been virtual. But this year, it's happening. We got the go-ahead. We got the approval. We are going to be recording two shows in Regina, Saskatchewan, uh, towards the end of May. So now, are you suggesting that, that Sean and I, or hang on, it's just me, uh, I, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to leave some things up to the imagination. I don't want to I don't want to tell everybody uh, all the details. But if you're going to be in the Regina area, if you're going to be in Saskatchewan towards the end of end of May, let us know. Email us feedback at ami.ca, and perhaps we can get you in on this on this exciting little event of ours. Yeah, but Sean's not coming. Well, you know, let's not... let's leave certain things up for surprise. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to ruin anything. Yeah, I don't want to here. I get it. I understand. It's fine. I don't. I mean, I know I didn't my place. plan on bringing this up, and I didn't write down the show notes, so I don't want to tell Sean one way or another because he gets very, very testy. He does, doesn't he? He really does. I am. And you yeah, know, the thing sorry. is, he'd have to bring the shed as well, and I don't know how that works. Do you have to take that through oversized baggage? I dare you. You put it That's with the hockey Tinder bags. Profile. You put it with the hockey bags. <laughs> oh wow! Well, that's going to be fun. Yeah, do you know, I, I'm looking forward to this trip. It's going to be, um, it's going to be nice to get out again. You know, it's interesting because I haven't left my house in the best part of three years, and when I do decide to leave it, 
I travel all the way around the world. <laughs> you get sick. And I get, I mean, that's, I am actually going to stop talking about me being unwell. And what I'm going to do is start telling you when I'm actually well. Wow. Oh, I look well, forward to that. If we're classifying this as, does this include, you know, just regular ailment or mental issues? Oh, or Well, if you had that <laughs> oh, into dear. it, I forget it. Yeah. But if you add all that into it, then uh, I'll never be well. Dodgy takeaway. Oh, no, let's leave that alone. Hey, yeah. listen, do you know, speaking of food, right? I know, I know that... Dodgy takeaways, <laughs> not yes. Take, not dodgy takeaways, <laughs> no. Uh, but I've been hearing, and I don't know if you can get this in the UK, but I think you can get it in Canada. I think you can get it in the US as well. I don't want to say her name. Lady A Air Fryers. Really? I, this is a thing now. Because I just bought an air fryer, and if I knew there was one that was controlled by her... I I'm probably would have bought that one. I, I don't know what it is. And, I, and I'm sure by, by the time the segment is over, you'll have found it, Mark. But honestly, I believe they're out there. And a friend of mine who's blind was telling me she got this because she was able to start and stop the air fryer. She was able to, I think, set the temperature as well. That's pretty smart. Oh, wow. That's pretty nice. And I'm thinking, oh, I like that. Because I love my air fryer. I live for the air fryer. I think Amazon's here. You, you, you keep talking. I'm going to go oh, get the door. Right, oh, nice okay. one. Yep. Is it a smart air fryer? It's a smart I must <laughs> say, I think I've talked about this before because I looked for a smart, uh, smart speaker controlled air fryer because I also heard someone in America told me you know, they were using theirs by an app and also by their smart speaker. Yet over here in the UK, at least, the smart speaker control was taken away. We are... Oh. We are very behind on that. I found two that do have smart control. Um, but yeah, I, it just seems like I was looking for, what was that thing before? It was a slow cooker, Instapot. Oh, you yeah. See? yeah. That was really popular. And I know people uh, were using it with uh, a, a Wi-Fi app or maybe even Bluetooth app. But over here in the UK, you couldn't get it. They don't have a smart version. I don't know what it is. But we are so behind when it comes to smart kitchen products. And for me, it makes total sense. If I could have an oven where I can just tell it what the temperature I want it set to and how long, it would be fantastic. I'm assuming there's some sort of safety issue to it. I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe it's... I don't know. I, I get so confused by this because, of course, we had the Lady A microwave that never made its way outside nope. the US at all. Yeah. Um, that was something I was quite excited about, and that never happened. And it, just, it seems odd to me because in some ways... Yes, for blind people, it's a no-brainer, right? For us, it makes perfect sense that we'd want to have the ability to talk to these devices, you know, get the audible feedback, you know, get told what's going on, you know, what's left on the timer. That would be a good yep. one, right? Yeah. It's about 20 minutes to go. I mean, I know what what a lot of people do is if they're setting a device like that, what they often do is set a Lady A timer separately. Yeah, um, that's what I do every time yeah. I set my air fryer. Yeah. And that, that makes perfect sense, right? Because you can, you know, you've got the sense of time and all that, but... Just being able to build all that in, um, I mean, think about smart routines <clears throat> as well. You know, smart routines, the ability to, for example, have the oven, you know, like if you're cooking, say, in the, the cooker and you're cooking something in the air fryer, maybe the air fryer gets it done quicker, so maybe starting that later would be better. You could automate your entire cooking process. I sound like I'm Gordon Ramsay, don't I? You sound amazing. But no, look, you're absolutely right. And that's that's all the benefits of the smart home, right, and smart devices is that ability to, you know, schedule, to activate via routine or to activate via another sensor or even another device. That's the benefits of smart devices. Mm. And when it comes to cooking, you think, you know what, that makes total total sense yeah yeah there is there is a bit of a resistance at least over here in the, in the uk and i'm assuming that's because as i said there must be some sort of safety concerns over that because you think well maybe you know someone's setting their cooker off by routine and actually accidentally setting it at 2 a.m yes yeah maybe mm. <laughs> maybe there could be some you know um legal problems there i don't know what legal problems what like you know getting the insurance when your house is burnt to the ground. Well, no, I'm thinking I'm suing you, uh, smart speaker producer, because my house is now a smouldering uh, wreck. <laughs> do, do you think <laughs> Who knows? Really, do you think really a smart microwave is going to cause us that much hassle if you think about it? <laughs> I think we can do enough damage ourselves, just you and no, I. I need smart equipment. To, smart equipment would probably save our lives. Oh, it usually does. I, I'll tell you what I do. If I'm looking for something like an air fryer or a kettle or something... I always put in the search smart in mm. front of it, the word smart, because if I'm getting something, I'll, if there's a smart version available, 
then I want it. And sometimes I'll just go on the Amazon app and just look look for um, Lady A Controlled and just search for that and see what's out there because it blows my mind. There's sprinklers. There's all these weird things that you don't even think about that are now smart. It's cool. Is Mark back? No, he's not. Okay. No, he's not. Clearly, he's uh, that must be a big box. Yeah, or, or exactly. Several. <laughs> you know, th- this is the, the same in my house. It's the same problem here. My door went yesterday about four or five times, and I'm thinking, I'm waiting for something. And in amongst every single parcel, it was all for my wife, every single one of them. It's a disgrace. Isn't I it? wouldn't let her use it, to be honest. I would say, no, I'm sorry. If you're buying anything, you've got to do it through me. I'd put my foot down, Stephen. <laughs> Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, please enjoy t- the divorce. I was going to say, yeah, is, is that how you live, Sean? That's, a, that's why that I live in a shed. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try this at home is the suggestion, I think, uh, on that one. Uh, stick around. We're going to talk about driverless cars. A hilarious story this week that I saw. Um, it kind of brings tomorrow's tech right in line with today's <laughs> and uh, just confuses all of us. It's a great story. We'll get into that next. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. It is. You know, it's interesting because this week I have noticed on my Facebook feed for some reason, lots hmm. and lots of adverts for trucks. You know what I think is happening? I think your phone or stroke uh, smart speaker is listening to your conversations. I, I think it is. I think no, this, it isn't. It, it I is. was being sarcastic. No, I, that's exactly no. what's happening. This phone is listening to everything I'm doing, and it's trying now to sell me trucks. Right. Okay. At some point, you must have searched for trucks. You've uh, searched for your trucking game, maybe. There's something you've done which has caused that to happen. No. Well, if I've searched... I mean, I, I actually was thinking about this. I don't think I have searched for it because I used to... What I would do is I would download the application, which is Steam, and then in there, you would find the game you're looking for. So if I search ah. for it, it's in there, not in Google or online anywhere else. Certainly not through the phone or anything else. I just find it really interesting because it only, hap- it only started happening recently and it started with an advert, uh, which was an ad for Amazon trucking. So, you know, if you want to become like the owner of your own trucking company, because a lot of people don't know this, that the, the trucks and the vans that deliver the products to your home and, and move all this stuff about, they are not owned by Amazon. They are independent contractors who own these vans, who own these trucks, um, and they just happen to have the Amazon logos on them. They happen to wear Amazon clothing, but they don't work for Amazon. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and apparently that, and this is the interesting thing because, of course, it's a know, blame game, and so they can blame it on other people. Well, it, that's the bottom line. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, people, for example, that own the van, right? So, say the van breaks down and you, you can't work, that's on you. You've got to pay the bill for the truck. You've got to pay the bill for all the rest of it. So that's what the advert was for. It was you know set up your own shipping company and freight company. And I just thought, because I buy so much stuff on Amazon, they probably suggested I you know, buy my own <laughs> trucking company to help facilitate the logistics of it all. Um, but then I was starting to get other ads, like, you know, do you want to get an HGV license or do you want to get a, um, you know, do you want to buy a truck? <laughs> what? Um, so I don't know where this has all come from, but I can only imagine because I keep saying truck and my phone is sitting here all the time. No. Or Lady no. E's sitting there listening to me all the time. No. This isn't the case. This is paranoia. That's not what happens. Is it the paranoia, algorithms Come on, defend me. Are here. amazing. I, it, they work uh, like magic. You know what? I there was an interview, and I remember during the interview, one I, I don't remember who it was. It might have been a Google interview, but the guy said he said, "I know it seems creepy. I know it seems like they're always listening, but the fact of the matter is that our algorithms and our AI is so smart." That ninety nine percent of the time we know what you're what you're thinking of and what you're going to be talking about before you even talk about it. Yeah, and as creepy as that might sound, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the, I think it's because we we do we're very predictable people. I mean, in a lot of ways, um, we all have routines, we all have ways of life, and we all buy certain products. And of course, I think what I learned this. I was watching a show the other night, and they were talking about data brokers. These are the kind of invisible middlemen that you never hear about, but these are the people who essentially allow the economy to exist as it does today. You know, we might, we might not like the way it works. But, you know, when you search for something, then all of a sudden 
that information creates part of a picture, data essentially, crumbs that you leave around. And these companies scoop it all up and they sell this data off to other companies. And then that data creates an image of you and it means they can sell you products, you know, very specific products to you. But the question is, if that's as far as it goes, is that a problem? I mean, are any of us really bothered about this, truthfully? That products that we want, we might be interested in, like you go into Amazon, you buy something or you put something in your basket and the next minute there's 15 different other products which might be very similar to what you might want to buy and suddenly you think, oh, that's quite useful. Yeah. I didn't have to go and search for it, I just found it. Um, or they might appear on Facebook. I've just bought four adverts. towels yeah. and it's just telling me to buy a towel holder. I'm thinking, <laughs> I need a towel holder. Well, that's the thing, though. So I've heard, you know, there was, as you said, the data brokers is the, the next uh, big villainous thing. And I get it. I do get it. You know, the, the amount of data that is collected. If you look into the targeting that you can do, the criteria you can choose for putting an advert on a social media platform, it is scary. You know, uh, I want a fat 48-year-old man who's living in his shed. Then who's that, that information... <laughs> that information is out there. They can target it to that sort of level. It's incredible the amount of information that we give out. But that's the important thing. We do give this out for free services, for free, you know, I don't know, the Gmail or, or whatever else. So those free services that we use, that is the reason they're free, is because we are giving out this information to these, basically, advertisers. Well, that's what they say, that's isn't it? it. When, when the product is free, you are the product. Yeah, absolutely. And it's true. It's absolutely true. And no, I, don't, I don't have a real problem with that. It does seem a little bit, as I said, it can be a little bit um, eerie or creepy, the amount of information. But at the same time, if it means I get adverts that actually, oh, yeah, I am interested in that, then what's the problem? Regenerative hair cream. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm not saying where, I just said hair cream. Um, Do you remember uh, Ron Papil with his uh, aerosol hair? <laughs> you remember those infomercials where they'd spray it yeah. on and suddenly there'd be hair there? Yeah. Anyhow, I don't know how we got into that one, but. But what? Are you, are you worried Amazon about this? Amazon delivers. Are you, what? Are you worried about this? Because I mean, you've got kids, right? So you know, um, you've got kids. And you know, uh, that's probably more worrying for you than it is for us. It's it's hard, you know. I te I teach my kids, you know, it, it's hard because you teach your kids to be as safe as they possibly can. You try to scare them away from the worries of the internet. And listen, my son, you know, for example, earlier this week, he he says someone's bugging me on Discord. They want to play Minecraft with me. I'm like, do you know this person? Have you met this person in real life? He goes, no. I'm like, okay, well, where, like, how did this happen? He goes, well, on Minecraft, you can just kind of chat with people. I'm like, okay, well, you know the rules. Don't tell them your real name. Don't tell them what city you live in. Don't tell them what school you go to, not how old you are. Nothing, no personal identifying information. Yeah. If you want to just say, hey, let's go play, great. If he asks where you are, you limit it to Canada, I'm fine with that. You know, nothing that can identify you and tell someone where you actually are. And you know what? He plays on a VPN as well because he wants to appear from different countries sometimes. Mm. So there's actually that extra layer of security that he's doing by himself anyway. So, uh, you know, I'm not... <laughs> You know, when it comes to the search and, and the, the information that's gathered and how it's being used, uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. That's that's the price we pay for for having access to a lot of these these free things. Well, this so. is it, right? Because if, if we actually took all our data off, and I don't know if you could, I mean, is it even possible now? I mean, I know they say things. I've seen, I've seen an article this week which was like, how to, you know, clean your Google searches and, you know, essentially take all the information Google has on you away. But that's just one company. And a lot of that data will probably have been sold off by now. So it's already mm. in the hands of other companies. So it's kind of, the job is done. And, and it is the way our economy works. That is how it works now. We've kind of built it. Well, we haven't built it. It's been built around us, these structures that allow for better product matching. And I think in some ways, you know, I think about traditional, because, you know, Mark and I are radio backgrounds, right? And radio was like kind of a splat approach with advertising, which was just throw it at the wall and see if anyone pays any attention to it. Still is, still is. <laughs> That's right, yeah. But it doesn't work anymore, does it? I mean, you know, these days, uh... this Facebook advertising and, you know, so targeted, it's so specific, we can get to the people. So it's a good thing. You know, I remember when interactive television was a big thing. They called it ITV. 
um, and really what ITV was or before we were able to use on-demand services and stream stuff was the best example, I think, was Wimbledon. Wimbledon was on and you were able to with one channel. So on channel, I'll make up a number here, channel 100, you'd be able to see six different screens on your screen and you'd be able to scroll and pick which court you want to watch. And that was the biggest rave. That was the coolest thing because, I mean, listen, all it did was it was one channel that was a conduit to other channels, right? So the feeds were all there, and they just kind of presented it nicely. But the big thing about ITV and interactive TV was that they were going to be able to use your data and your watching habits to deliver ads that were specifically to you. So, for example, the house that had a lot of kid shows playing throughout the day, um, soap operas, they were able to determine that there was a mother in the house and likely – or, you know, I'm a, a caregiver in the house. So those person, those people would get the ad for the minivan instead of the Mustang. They'd get the ads for the diapers instead of the uh, tools, okay. you know, but that was using the limited amount of data they were able to gather. They didn't really know who was there, but they were able to use your TV watching habits to de- determine what you were watching. Now, with the onset of on demand, they know exactly what you're watching, how long you're watching it for. And, you know, and 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 what you're likely to watch next. That's how Netflix and other services, you know, are able to suggest what to watch next and knows your habits. And those habits are, you know, when you sign up, you say if you're male or female, you are you opt into certain information and they have those details with you. And that information is more valuable than, you know, what you're watching. And you're able to at the end of the day, you said it there, go to the advertiser and say, listen, Listen, Ford, you're going to spend a million dollars with us. That's great. We want your money. I know you want it as effective as possible. Make us an ad for the Mustang. Make us an ad for the electric car. Make us an ad for the minivan. And we'll make sure it's served to the right audience. Suddenly, you're making, you know, you're, you're extending your dollar and your dollar is giving you a much bigger return on your investment because it's really targeted. And that's the thing about online advertising on Facebook, on Twitter, on Google ads. You can say, I want women between 15 and 25 who have a child who use an iOS device who listen to podcasts who are interested in true crime and deliver them a ad specific to that audience and that is absolutely insanely valuable to an advertiser so gathering our data and having that information at hand makes more money for the people who are selling the ads and provides more results to the people who are actually advertising and therefore you know, make sure that we're spending our money accordingly. It's a, it's an interesting game. Mm. It's a vicious game. But as an advertiser or someone out there, if you want to compare traditional advertising like TV or radio to to online advertising, I wouldn't spend a penny on TV or radio. No. Yeah. No. I'm with you. Totally agree. It's, it's, it's funny, though. You know, it's like, okay, we don't care. Oh, I want targeted ads. It's fantastic. I don't care about that. But then when you start to think what it could be used for, more shady things it could be used for, you know, targeting political ads and or maybe even misinformation to a certain degree. Well, there was a news report, um, I think it was CBS or one of the big networks that bought a big pile of data. I don't know how this works, but they bought the data and they were able to, to get data narrowed down to, for example, pregnant women between the ages of 25 and 40. And they were able to go to this woman's house and they knocked on her door and they said, are you pregnant? In fact, what they, what they said was, how long have you been pregnant? And she said, uh, I've been Why? pregnant for how many months? And it was just so funny. It's like, you know, the one question you never ask a woman is, are you pregnant? Nope. But with Learned all the data, mistake. they're not asking that. They're asking how long. They know you're pregnant. I mean, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable how much data they can I've, get. And that's when it gets a little bit scary because they can identify, they can ultimately identify. And I think that's the thing about the data. There's almost a feeling of... It's all anonymous. It's all anonymized. But it doesn't seem to take much to be able to identify the individual. I think that's when things get scary. If you think about that information getting into the hands of an abuser, someone who's a woman who's trying to get away from a man, and that person's able to you know, somehow find access to this information, that's where things get worrying. Hey, listen, I, I have a friend who was pregnant. She hadn't told anybody yet. She was shopping in a maternity store. She didn't wasn't thinking. She signed up to a, a mailing list uh, in the store. Somehow she got a phone call within a week from a, a person who sells, you know, investments for kids. They call it uh, it's like education funds here. And she was appalled. She was amazed. She's like, how did this person know? And through that, other people found out. And it was just it was just a cluster of, 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 of information. And, and really, at the end of the day, she was the only one to blame. 
because she signed up for that list. Exactly. You know, and she yeah. walked mm-hmm. into that store. Like, if you don't want anybody to know, then you're risking yourself by walking into a maternity store. Um, whether people are right or wrong, they're going to make assumptions. And then signing up for that list, you made that mistake. And you didn't read the fine print, which means that, you know, the immediate, but how fast that information got out was absolutely stunning. Um, and how fast that was used, but that is the value of information. And as you said, Stephen, you know, just making sure it doesn't get used for malicious intent. That's where we have to be very careful with this. And that's why I think that the 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 new rules and the power to opt out and the fact that you have to double opt into certain things is extremely important. Um, I wish there was a better mechanism to opt out of stuff because I don't think it really works very well. Um, on the contrary, there's I'm, I've heard numerous reports over the many, many years, you know, that if you opt out from something, all you're doing is telling people that your address is, is legit and exists. So it just gives them a reason to continue <laughs> yes. to bombard you with stuff <laughs> or sell it to somebody else. Uh, but I mean, that's where you have to be really cautious about it. I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't get spammed to their email oh, and whether that's because yeah. they signed up for something or just because there are bots out there that just spam domains. Like, you know, use AMI for an example, you know, feedback at AMI.ca gets bombarded with spam because it's a common feedback is a common email address and AMI is just a domain. So uh, any robot can say, okay, let's send it to ABC at AMI.ca, ABD, ABF, and eventually they're going to get a combination that works. And it's not going to bounce back, and they're going to know it's real. Yeah, it's not. And it's not some sitting, It's not some fourteen-year-old sitting at a laptop going, "Let's try this email address now." Yeah. I mean, you know, there's programs running here all the time that are firing out these emails on the hope that they get something. And of course, that's how the scams work as well. It's the same thing. You know, the, these these companies, companies, I mean, people. In some cases, it's almost a business, almost an industry of its own, where you know these scammers will try and get you by firing out information and just hoping they get the click. And, you know, I, I, I've, it's not just that anymore. It's even on the, on, on the telephone. People will call you and pretend that they are. So a friend of mine was done recently. They, they were um, just, just a horrible situation. You know, he'd got a call and it was uh, someone proclaiming to be from Microsoft. He'd had issues with his computer that day. He wasn't that techie. He thought, well, you know, this is Microsoft. They've, they obviously know there's a problem. They've contacted me. Uh, so he's like, yeah, please help. And they said, uh, okay, download this software. Let us log in. Yeah, they logged him in. They managed to get access to his bank details. <sighs> they took, uh, I think, 3000 out of his account um, in that day. And they also locked him out of his computer entirely. So he had no access to his computer anymore. And I guess they wanted Bitcoin in order to, uh, to unlock it, right? So I, I don't think he even got that far. <laughs> but, well, that was the problem because they locked him out. So he'd lost all access to his email. He didn't have a phone that he was you know, connecting to his emails. So, you know, that was it. And what happened was... He took the computer to a computer shop and they said, best thing you can do with it is bin it. And that was it. They just trashed the computer there and then. And yeah. to, to go and buy a new one, it was just ridiculous. These things are unbelievable. Listen, speaking of computers and trashing them, um, so Microsoft... <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> wow, well, I wasn't intending to do that one. Um, but no, Microsoft, so I've been waiting to get uh, my hands on this Surface Pro 8. It is a comedy. This is a comedy. Uh, NBC would buy this. Um, the search for the Surface Pro 8, which seems to be somewhere in transit, somewhere on Earth, but not here. That's the key point. I do have the keyboard. I've had the keyboard for two months, and I've been typing away furiously on it um, with no purpose whatsoever, Um, but I'm very well acquainted with the keyboard. That's the good news. Um, The downside is I do have a computer to test it on, Um, but that is apparently coming. And as I I, I know this is, is coming, I read this week, that the uh, new and upgraded Surface Laptop Go 2 is coming soon. Um, This is actually quite a nice little piece of kit because it's kind of the portable version of the already portable Surface Pro, right? It's a smaller version. I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah, you are. This one, now this is not the one, because this is a laptop, right? So this is the one, there's a, a, is it the Surface Go that is kind of like the Surface Pro? It also has the detachable keyboard. That's not this. This is a laptop. It's it's just your standard laptop clamshell. Well, now you're just confusing me. There's so there's the, yeah. the Surface Go, which is the, exactly as you said, the smaller version of the Surface. It's a two-in-one device, and then there's the Surface. You're saying this one's a laptop. So this is the laptop Go Two. Yeah. So this I think is more like your um, what was it? The Surface Laptop Four that they've got out just now. I have to say that the naming structure here doesn't work for me. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it's a laptop versus <laughs> work for a him. tablet. No, yeah, this is sorry, yeah, sorry. Surface Laptop Go. 
Um, it, there's no number on it. It's the Surface Go 3, which is the 2-in-1. The Surface Laptop Go is the one that you are referring to that is a laptop. It is an attached, attached screen device. Yes. And, and this starts is, at 759 Canadian. So there's a new version coming out, the 2, um, apparently in the next couple of weeks, by all accounts. Um, and when that happens, we'll we'll get some upgrades to it. The main upgrade really being uh, that it will have an, uh, the option will be for 549 uh, for the entry-level model, it'll have an i5 processor, which is good, because I think the previous version wasn't quite as powerful. Um, four gig of RAM? Pfft. Fine. It's, no, come on. Four gig it's of RAM? Fine. What is this, the 90s? It's fine. 64 gig of storage. Well, that'll be gone with the OS. <laughs> True. 12.4-inch uh, screen size. Really nice, though. Really nice. Same, same look and same style as the uh, laptop Go. But, you know, interestingly, a few friends of mine who use this who are blind, they say they love it because they love the size. And, you know, it's one of those things that a lot of people out there are looking for, especially blind people, are looking for the smallest laptop with the most power. And it used to be the case. Remember those, remember maybe, what, five, six years ago? Maybe I miss netbooks. Back. No, not netbooks. No, I know. <laughs> oh, they no. were great. Definitely not. No, I'm thinking more about... That those remember those really expensive ultra portables you would get. They were really. I, I think Sony Vio. Um, I'm trying to think of the other companies that used to do them. Oh, you know what? I had a Sony Vio. I love that machine. Yeah, it was tiny, 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 thin, tiny thin, thing. thin. It was like a widescreen device. It was. I used it for so long. I mean, I had to plug it into an external monitor just to get workable space on it. Mm. But when I was back in the PC days, I went through several phases. Phase one was I wanted really, really light and portable. Yep. And then I started wanting like desktop grade <laughs> and a laptop, which yeah. I got like a ThinkPad. I remember getting like a Think a 15 and 16 inch ThinkPad with built in like LTE. I think LTE just came out at the time. Massive. It was heavy, the heaviest thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and then I found out some random company where you can really just customize your own build. It was the cheapest build I've ever had in my life, but it had like a 17-inch screen, full-size keyboard with numpad. Yeah, at that point, it was like a Core 2 Duo. It was like the fastest processor that existed, 64 gigs of RAM. And it was a beast that lasted about 17 minutes on battery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is just exactly the same as this Lenovo Legion I've got. You know, it does not last for more than like 10 minutes, it feels, without a battery pack. And the, the battery or the power pack on it is 300 watts. So, you know, wow. you imagine my uh, electricity <laughs> bill. I don't use it very often for that reason. Um, it's the only thing I unplug at night. I'm like, I'm not leaving that thing plugged in. <laughs> that's just costing way too much. You know what's funny, though, with the Surface lineup, and, and this is um, something I just love about it, and I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it's an operating system thing or if it's just the hardware design, but um, the battery never dies. It never freaking yeah. dies. Like, I opened this thing after two months of not touching it, and it's still going. It's still going. I'll plug it in, you know, I'll like, okay, I'm going to do something with it, so I'll plug it in just for the sake of plugging it in. But I don't know how and what they do that when you close that screen, it just does not consume any battery. Whereas my MacBook, I mean, where do I even start with that one? Like, I mean, why I even have a battery in it? I don't know. Like, I, I should I just have a really long extension cord. Well, this, this MacBook Pro of mine, the 14-inch one I've got, which I think is probably the, the best design and, you know, I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The reason I bought it is because it has good feet. I like its feet. Uh, and that's why I bought Ooh. it. I know it sounds fetish. ridiculous. No, it's not yes, a fetish. Yes, it does. a bit of fetish, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a heavy machine, right? So it doesn't move around the desk. The MacBook Air just slides all over the desk. Uh, and that really annoys me. So Have you took the rubber feet off the bottom of it? It shouldn't slide around, should it? It does, because the feet are just, they're not even rubber. It's just, because if it was rubber, it would hold. Just plastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cheap rubbish. Oh, okay. You're not all paying right. for the feet, you know. Well, well you done. probably can pay more for better feet. Wheels, all kinds of things on there. Um, listen, stick around. I want to talk about cars next. Cars, and in particular driverless ones. And I want to get Mark's take on uh, the driverless car technology coming our way. That's on the way. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. 
Now, back to the show. Now, look, Mark, I know you've got things to do today, so you're not going to be with us for the whole episode. You need to dash off at some point. I wasn't going to tell anybody. I was just <gasps> going to disappear. Oh, going to disappear. Well, that's nice. Oh. That's really... going to tell us. See, we're, more, just uh, go. we're nicer than that. We like you to... You know, if we actually started, started on time, I'd be here for the full show, but oh. I mean, certain oh. people in the UK seem to work on a different time zone, quite literally. We're very relaxed over here, and we must have our tea at three, and we must yeah, have I will out. be here as long as I can be here, okay? It's continental You time. know what happens, guys? This is the problem with working from home, okay? <laughs> is that other people do things that affect you, like order deliveries and yep. stuff like that. And I'm told last minute while we're on the show, oh, by the way, Costco's going to be here at this point, and there's frozen stuff, so you can't leave it outside. Or, hey, the guy's coming to paint this room today. He'll be there somewhere between this time and this time. No regard to my schedule, no regard to anything, just assumption because I work in the basement. I can run upstairs, let people in, and it's not like I can walk away. I'm, I'm going to stop now. It's amazing. I what do you want to do there, Mark? You want to put shed? your foot down, Mark, uh, and lay down the rules, you know. I'm just saying. Sean's been offering his relationship advice this week, and um, <laughs> I can only imagine it's because his partner's left him, uh, because otherwise I don't know where this information is coming from. Uh, are you all right there, just, Sean? Do you need some no, assistance? I'm just, I'm, I'm just giving my advice as a you know the elder of the group. I'm letting you know my relationship Wait, hang advice. Hang on a second. How old are you? I am 48, Mark. Oh, he's the elder. Yes, I am. Thank he's you. He's the elder. Are you going to be okay? Uh, never mind. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't say that, no. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so, yeah, I want to ask you about this story because this was kind of funny, right? Uh, there was a, one of these um, driverless robo-taxis that's been doing the rounds in San Francisco. <laughs> and the car had a run-in with the police, right? So this was a video posted oh. to Instagram. And uh, in the video, there's uh, an awkward and rather comical moment where... Uh, the San Francisco Police Department uh, pulls over the autonomous vehicle. First off, that's pretty impressive that the car actually stopped, uh, but it gets pulled over, but apparently for not having its lights on. So what happens is a police officer walks up to the window, unsuccessfully tries to open the door, and then starts walking back to his own car. Uh, the vehicle begins to drive away in what is rather an amusing start to a police chase with an autonomous vehicle, but then pulls over again and puts its hazards on at a point further down the road. So the police then drive up again behind it, they get out of it, and they kind of hover around it, wondering what to do and try to figure out how to turn the lights back on. Um, the company behind the technology, which is or the company behind the, the, the tech itself that's out there, is called Cruise. Um, they said that the vehicle did not drive away to escape from police, but in fact was trying to find a safer location to pull over in, a move that uh, most human drivers can't get away with so easily. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they say they've now fixed the issue and the headlights will come on. Um, but it was quite an amusing moment um, because, of course, you know, these police guys just standing. And this isn't the first time. I remember remember the little Google car? It was a similar situation yes. where a, a, yeah. a policeman standing, <laughs> talking to it, going, uh, what do we do here? Should there be so? Should there be some kind of override? Like I don't know. Like this is what I was thinking when I read this story. I'm like, you know, escalators have a big red emergency stop button under mm -hmm. glass that you can flip it up and and smack that button in case you know someone's getting their scarf stuck in the escalator or something. Should there be some kind of you know emergency button on the on physically on the vehicle so that if somebody I don't know, like if somebody needs to run up to it and stop it, they can just stop it in its tracks. And, you know, notify the company that something's going on and that way they could send help. But you would think the police at least should have some kind of ability to to stop yeah, the vehicle. override you know? it. Some sort yeah. of magic button they can press. Absolutely. And I thought there always had to be a human operator, at least in the vehicle still. Yeah, in San Francisco, they have uh, very lax laws, specifically well, because of Silicon Valley and testing this that's stuff. That's San so. Francisco for you. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thanks, Sean. Um, San Francisco via the shed. That nugget of information brought to you by Sean Priest in his shed. The San Francisco tourist may or may not be, be in still uh, in a relationship with his wife. Yeah, we're still wondering about that one. Um, but no, I mean, no, where well, does it take us with with driverless cars, yeah. right? Because I'm still hearing even now that oh, we're so close to you know in in the blind world, we're so close to being able to use driverless cars. I don't think we're anywhere near. Oh, come I, I'm on. still saying we are. At, at least a decade away. I'm so from sick of hearing this nonsense. Access. No, it's absolutely no. We always hear the opposite. Oh, you know, in five years everything's going to be driverless. Absolutely not. No way. No chance. Well, look, th this is why I wanted to ask Mark on this because I thought, right, hang on. 
you know, from our point of view, right, from, from blind people's perspectives, what we think is, yeah. right, okay, so brilliant. We, we're going to have a car. We're going to be able to do our own thing. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be great. What about you as a driver? Where, where are you on this? Because, you know, from your point of view, that means if, if we did switch to a world tomorrow where all these cars were driverless, you'd no longer be driving. Does that bother you? Does that, is, that, is that a factor for you? Are you, kind of, are you going to miss that, the classic driving? Um, am I going to miss it? Yeah, I think I'll miss the 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 enjoyment of driving myself. But I mean, I don't think I don't I don't, I don't really believe that we're going to get to a point in my lifetime where I won't be driving a vehicle. I mean, other than Thank when you. I physically can't drive a vehicle. Um, no, but, but, but that's that's different from. I mean, I'm not suggesting, Sean, that we're going to flip a switch and suddenly all the cars are going to be driverless. That's not going to happen. This is mm-hmm. going to be a gradual process, and it may come in through. I think cities first. I mean, you think about rural areas. That's not going to work. Some parts of Canada where, you know, it's the terrain would just not be possible for the road layouts maybe wouldn't work as well. Um, at this stage, it's going to be cities first. It's going to be in the form of taxis. That's clear. Uh, maybe even buses, maybe even individual transports. It could be it could be a whole wide range of different ways of doing it. Um, I just find it all very interesting that, that, you know, we're in this place where this technology is clearly coming along. Um and I, I don't know. I, I think it's. I don't think it's as far away as you think. But no, no, no. I think you're right. Look, it's it's going to be companies and and big public organisations. You know, things like pods between airport car parks and uh, and the airport terminals and trains and town centres. All that sort of thing is where it's going to hit first, and and maybe taxis, public transport. But as for the dream, which was everyone was talking about when when Tesla first hit with their self driving. And we got that Google advert of the blind bloke going through the drive-through. Steve Mahan, you know, yeah. Steve, that's exactly right. The, everyone was jumping on. This is the holy grail. This is the answer for our mobility problems, and it is not going to happen anytime soon. I, I, I know the technology is really as you know. As a geek, I'm loving the technology, and it blows my mind. This is real-time reactive technology. Uh, it's amazing how good this works, but. When it gets to the point where I can dial up a uh, a driverless pod on my phone, it comes in front of me, I get in it, it takes me to where I want to go and I can get out. We are decades away from that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that the, you know, the fact of the matter is, I think we've seen this in so many movies, when there's any kind of yes. artificial anything, right? <laughs> the second there's an accident... Even one, even if it's one in a billion, yeah, the questions are raised. And that's the thing that irritates me most, right? Because you think how, I mean, one of the main reasons a lot of people are behind this technology is safety. Driver safety. I mean, humans driving cars, well, let's be honest about it, but the statistics, I'm not sure what they are in Canada. I know in the UK, it's not, it's not good. It's terrifying. Yeah, it is. You know, and, and you know, again, from a blind person's perspective, when we get in a vehicle, we're relying on a, another person to take us somewhere. So I'm relying on that old guy who turns up in his beat-up taxi, <laughs> taking me to where I'm going and hoping we're all going to get there in one piece. Um, and I live out of the, of the city. So when I'm traveling in, you know, I'm on big highways and I'm thinking, geez, you know, this, I hope this guy doesn't get it wrong, you know. <laughs> and then we all end up yep. under a truck, um, as much as I do love my trucks. Uh, truck, truck. <laughs> See how many more ads I get. Um, well, think, think about it. Think about how long it takes for that industry to evolve and adapt, mm. especially in the safety side of things. How many? I mean, I remember a time when I didn't have to wear seatbelts, where mm. there wasn't where it wasn't the law. Where there, you know, I remember that there was a time when I was young, there were no seatbelts in the middle seats or in the back. That's right. Um, <laughs> Just know, there were no airbags. The there are still cars out there that don't need an airbag because they were made from a certain point. Yeah, just the ashtray. I mean, so and and the fact of the matter is, is that what they're building now and developing now is are cars that are going to be here in five years from now. So that industry is so slow to adopt anything that it seems that, you know, we're just going to be as as you said, you know, a guy comes up in his beat up cab. What forces him to make sure that cab is up to speed in terms of, you know, requirements and what makes you, is there anything to teach you and to tell you, oh yeah, there, you know, he's had all his maintenance done. You have no clue what you're walking into. No. Maybe on the driverless side of things, there's going to be rules and things like that that have to be in place where, you know, every 500 kilometers there, they, they drive themselves to get an oil change. They, you know, there's, who knows? Yeah. 
you know, especially on electric vehicles. There's so much less maintenance to worry about. But listen, a car can be driving 100 kilometers an hour on a highway and the battery just stops. Yeah, that's right. It's a battery, right? Then what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's it. And again, I mean, with all the technology they're talking about, so say down the line, this will be, you know, probably 100 years or 50 years from now. But, you know, as you drive a car down a highway, there could it potentially be wireless charging built into the road, which would charge the vehicle up. That, that's been yeah. talked about. Um, so therefore, it has a constant charge. I, I find it very interesting. Yeah, but I, have, I don't have that for my laptop yet. I don't think it's going to come to a car first. <laughs> no, that's right. You don't get, although apparently MagSafe is coming to the iPad Pro this year. <gasps> wow. wow. Great. So I get to trickle charge a bigger battery now. Exactly. That's <laughs> right. So much fun. Uh, we're going to get some of your feedback next. Stick around. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Now back to the show. My heart skips a beat every time this music starts because I often Why? Think, well, because it, it makes me think that's us. We're at the end and it gets me all sad. Uh, you know what? I, I, if you hadn't said that, I wouldn't have known that this is specifically the end music. Well, there you go. You have is... an, I didn't realize you have an order for these. I do. Every, <laughs> I play this music in the same order every week, and you've never noticed? Never once noticed a thing. God. All I've noticed is that when you're not here, that I play the wrong music and the wrong imaging. And, and, <laughs> uh, you know, speaking, I mean, no, I know you're about to talk, and, yeah. I, and I do my best at interrupting people and just taking the stage for myself well done. Uh, don't forget regina saskatchewan if you mm. happen to be in the area um you never know people travel um uh, towards the end of may uh let us know feedback at ami.ca we'd love to have you there um lots of fun stuff uh, we're gonna be talking all about some really cool tech stuff we're gonna be doing a two hour long town hall specials so uh again if you're gonna be in regina towards the end of may let us know feedback at ami.ca we're gonna have a, a lot of fun out there we're even gonna i think record a an episode of this show maybe while we're out there why not steven we're gonna be together right exactly that's right i think is, is that the first go. time we'll, well you and i have met, obviously but i think right. uh that'd be the first right. well no, yeah. what, what i am still here oh yeah, yeah. Are you oh, just, just, you. just letting you okay, all know. you know what you guys talk i'll leave okay. oh, yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I just want a quick email in here. This is from Rebecca, who says, Hi, I understand and share some of Stephen's concerns about the importance of free speech and the silent majority, but I tend to side with Sean when it comes to controlling misinformation. I'm having a hard time taking cancel culture seriously because history often repeats itself. Social media is just another way for human beings to fight among ourselves. Think about how many people throughout history have been killed simply for going against a church, a king, or anyone in power. My favourite example is Thomas Paine. He was nearly killed during the French Revolution, and then he was despised by Americans simply because of his book, The Age of Reason. I plan to read that book, by the way. I limit how much social media I consume and prefer to spend my time learning new skills and listening to podcasts like yours. While I strongly dislike Trump and the social conservative movement, I refuse to make outrageous comments on Facebook or Twitter. I'm trying to adopt an old saying, be the change you seek. I have learned to put things into perspective. That's a sensible person if ever I had one. Why, that was deep. That was, uh, yeah, I I totally agree. Absolutely. This was kind of off the back of our conversation last week, which, you know, I have to say, uh, you and I get into some rants at some points, and I actually get to the stage where I have to go back and listen to our rant to know what I was ranting about. Um, But yeah... (laughs) We need a rant catalogue. We We'd can easily look up previous <laughs> you know, rants. Previously on Rant City. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Social media, I know we were talking about this last week, but the whole kind of vile nature of it at times um, is it is a strange thing. And I, I do tend to get a bit irritated by the idea that social media, you know, in quotes, is to blame because it's people, right? It's people who are no. doing this. And I, and I know that algorithms are involved and I know mm-hmm. that they push content out and I get that, but somebody's got to put the info in. That's the point. Somebody yes, has to start absolutely. the fight. Yes, there's conspiracy theorists or whatever out there. There's people who just put out misinformation just for the fun of it. There's trolls yeah, just out to there. start trouble, yeah. I think the biggest, biggest issue is the, and I hate to say this because I can't say the word, anonymity. What? <laughs> anonymity. That's the problem. I think you got it right the first time. You can, the you can anonymous. Edit, you can, if only this was edited, you could edit that <laughs> it in won't properly. Be. It later. won't be. The anonymous nature of the internet. The the day that we get a um, a passport to be able to go on the internet will be 
the day that society changes for the better. The fact that people can say these vile things without fear of being held accountable is the reason we have so many problems true, we though? have. Is that yes, true? absolutely. I, mean, are, are people, I, mean, I am a dictator. I am a, 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 you know, a tyrannical, um, I don't know what, but I, I think it does. People don't... When people know that they can't be tracked down or held responsible and they can do things in secret, they do terrible, terrible I don't think things. That, I don't think that's true anymore. I know what you mean, but I think that was more at the start of the internet. I think people loved that at the beginning. Or they could oh, it's see so much better online. now. No, no, it's not. It's worse, but I think it's, it's worse because people are putting their names next to this. There are people out there who are putting their names on this and they don't even think about it. They don't care. I know people, friends of mine, well, I say friends, people I know, um, and they'll say horrible things online. And I think you say that openly with your name. I mean, if you imagine an employer reading that down the line, you go for a job and obviously they're going to mine your social media. That's what they do. And yes. you, you have to be really naive to think that nobody does. You know, of course they're going to look. We all, Well, I, I must admit, I, I'll be honest with you. I am so glad that I'm a married man because the pro but my wife and I said this the other week. Can you imagine these days you meet someone new and what are you doing? You're you're searching their social media, you know, you're seeing what they're into, seeing who they're friends with, seeing what they've said, you know, mm. mining their lives. Um, we couldn't do that in our day, you know, because that wasn't there. Luckily Thank enough, God. otherwise we wouldn't be married. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I honestly don't know about that. Because I've always been of the view that, you know what, you, you be careful what you say. I've often, and I think it's because I've worked in this business for so long, yes. that it was kind of dro drilled into me. You know, what you say out there matters. And if you're a public figure, as we are, then, you know, you've got to be careful what you say. So I don't go on and write horrible things. You're never going to find something in my Twitter account, he says, now thinking back. But no, you're never <laughs> going to find anything in my Twitter account. Dangerous. Yeah, that anybody's <laughs> going to say, oh, well, that was shocking or, or degrading or horrible, because I just wouldn't think to say it. It often surprises me when I hear people say, well, you know, 10 years ago, it was a different time. And I'm thinking, was it really? Was it that mm, much of a different time 10 years it ago? Depends, I don't think it yeah. was. So, you know, I think it's about personal responsibility, guys. You're putting the stuff out there. Don't be surprised if you get some mud flung back in your face. Anyway, on that note... Um, on that bombshell? Yeah. Wow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, being with us. Mark is... Uh, I think he's gone. He's gone. Bye, Mark. Bye, Mark. And bye, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we'll catch you again for another Double Tap Canada next week. Keep your feedback coming. Details coming up now. Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.